Swift, and you're listening to Discover Lafayette, a podcast dedicated to the people and rich culture of Lafayette, the gateway to South Louisiana. We tape Discover Lafayette with the support of Raider, a managed IT service provider that offers world-class service, including cybersecurity, communications, and technology support. With Raider, you have just one vendor and one number to call, allowing you to concentrate on what is most important, your business. For more information, visit RaiderSolutions.com. We're grateful for the support of Lafayette Surgical Specialty Hospital, a physician-owned hospital where doctors have had direct involvement with every aspect of care provided to their patients since 2004. Its reputation for excellence in patient comfort, safety, and overall treatment is reflected in an average patient satisfaction rating of 98% or higher. Experience the difference in care at Lafayette Surgical Specialty Hospital. Discover Lafayette is also grateful for the support of Home Bank, who wants to ensure that you protect your identity and your assets. When you make a payment with a paper check, you're handing over all of your personal or business information, plus your bank account number. While you may find an occasional reason to write a check, when possible, choose to pay with cash, debit, or credit cards, or with your phone's mobile wallet to stay ahead of identity thieves and protect your finances. Learn more at home24bank.com. Member FDIC. Clarice Gallegos, Executive Director of Focus Clubhouse of Lafayette, joins us today. Focus Clubhouse is a free membership community offering a non-clinical, safe, and enjoyable environment to people who suffer from a diagnosed mental illness. Members are provided opportunities for work, education, housing, wellness, and friendship, as well as a chance to thrive with the support of their peers. A great many adults who have serious mental illnesses experience repeated mental health crises, resulting in frequent hospitalizations and encounters with law enforcement. The power of the clubhouse model is its effectiveness in keeping members out of crisis and on the path to recovery. The clubhouse model began in New York City in 1948 and is currently in over 300 clubs in over 30 countries around the world. It offers a proven method of psychiatric rehabilitation. I'm so glad that Clarice reached out to discuss her journey and what led her and her family to establish a local focus clubhouse. Clarice Gallegos, welcome to Discover Lafayette. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. I feel really touched. You reached out to me several months back, really, Mm -hmm. I think it was late spring, and I didn't know anything about Focus Clubhouse, but yet your story went beyond touching my heart. I mean, what you're doing, and you're going to talk about what led you to this, but there are so many people that don't have access to resources, and without support, we just go down a rabbit hole, especially you know, for those of us, that members of our community, they may have mental illness. Absolutely. And yeah. that's the sad part is the state in general is just expecting it to go away. I mean, I've been to the city and parish council meetings and one city council member did put up a proposal for 25000 to help us and he couldn't get the support. And, you know, 
when you look back in recent history of the council and its leader, Josh Guillory, mayor president, and his stint in psychiatric and uh, rehab for alcoholism, that hits pretty close to home. And I thought, sure, after that, the eyeballs would open, you know, and people mm -hmm. would see mental illness is here to stay. I mean, just in the statistic of when the first clubhouse opened in 1948, mm -hmm. you know, that psychiatrist found that while they were still in the ward, in the psych ward, instead of just giving them their meds and putting them in group therapy and all that, when he asked them, hey, can you file this or can you sweep this floor or can you do this or that, they progressed. So I'm glad you brought that up. This uh, Focus Clubhouse is a place you're on general mouton we are currently we're about to move i'm okay. so excited well good <laughs> Let, let's we'll talk about that you know and how people can reach you clarice but let's talk about what focus clubhouse does let's talk about first what you offer and then i want you to talk about your son but what what exactly does focus clubhouse offer to people we offer as you said in the intro a reason to get up in the morning a place to go to be around like-minded people have meaningful work to do, and it's it's all voluntary. Mm -hmm. They don't have to come every day. They don't have to do anything while they're there. They can walk in and sit down and sit there all day. And But we encourage conversations. We encourage work. You know, I'll walk by and say, do you mind setting the table? You know, or can you sweep up the kitchen or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, so we, and if they say no, we say, okay, I'll see if I can get somebody else to do it. Or, you know, I washed the dishes today. <laughs> I put my name, we work on an eight hour work, work order day, even though we're not open eight hours yet, but our goal is to follow a regular work day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so we're not, I'm not above doing any of the work of the clubhouse. So it's, it's important that it gives them purpose. They, they feel like they're needed and wanted, and everybody wants to feel needed mm -hmm. and wanted. So people have to be 18 years or older right. and have been given uh, a diagnosis by, a, uh, I guess, a physician, a psychiatrist, yeah. that yeah. they do have a mental disorder. Right. So paint a picture for us, Clarice, of the hours that you're open and what type of facility, what does it look like, and what, what do people do? Like, it sounds like there's a kitchen. Talk about the different things that people can do. And... Describe the facility, what it looks like. For In me, our current facility, we have a small reception area where they kind of, I call it hangout. We've mm -hmm. moved a table up there. We did have a couch. We moved that out. Uh, we moved a table up there. And so they can sit around the table. We do allow the members to do arts and crafts. We do that not as therapy, even though doing painting, doing stuff like that is therapy, mm -hmm. we do it as a fundraiser because we intend to sell the items that the members make. Mm -hmm. So we get around, so to speak, the clubhouse model. There's 37 standards that we have to meet in order to become accredited with Clubhouse International. We're a member right now. Mm -hmm. They give you anywhere from two to four years. And since we opened our doors in January of 2020 at the 
very beginning uh-huh. <laughs> of the pandemic that hit in March. I think we might get an extra year in there, but we're very close. We've met a good many of the standards. The big ones are the ones we have, and, and that's the ones that take a mm-hmm. lot of money. You know? So your members that come... Um, they they well, come in, they sign in, mm-hmm. and then we hold a morning meeting, and we discuss everybody's highs and lows, what they're thinking like about. Group, kind of go in around a group, the group. Uh-huh. In, in a group. And I express my feelings the same. My staff person, she expresses hers. So we're not asking them to do something we're not willing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, there are days where my anxiety level is high. And I'm not ashamed to admit it. You know, don't. Don't come at me too hard. <laughs> no, right. I'm just kidding. Right, but, no, you yeah. know, I mean, it, it's important that they know that information and that we know their anxiety mm-hmm. and depression levels as well. We ask if they have any suicidal thoughts, if they have any drug or alcohol cravings, those kind of important questions. And then we write on our board who's going to do the cooking, who's going to do the dishes, who's going to take the reception area for calls and stuff like that. Um, And so we all split up into units. Um, We're reorganizing right now because I just came back from Clubhouse International's seminar. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing the amount of information I learned Mm -hmm there that I had attended the seminars before, but they were all virtual. And you just don't get... You don't get the same, I you, know. Yeah, you just don't get what you get mm-hmm. in a workshop sitting right there in front of somebody. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to grow off of that knowledge. Yeah. So people have all different kinds of mental illness that are there, or some like bipolar or bipolar schizophrenic. schizophrenic. My son himself is diagnosed with bipolar schizophrenia mm-hmm. and PTSD. Yeah, I want to wait a little bit to get into your son because I really want to let you focus on that too um, as we move into this. So people, how many typically attend on any given day? We're averaging about five to seven members a day now um, that are active. We probably have about 20 active members. Mm-hmm. Um, ones that haven't come for months and months and months are considered inactive, but they're always welcome back because once a member, always a member. You have to actually become a threat to yourself and or other members to be asked to leave mm-hmm. and not roles. come back. So on a day-to-day basis, Clarice, and I want you to talk about your funding, but you don't know who's going to show up and how much food you're going to need for lunch or snacks, and they don't show up with a little lunch bag, right? Like no, you, they sure you don't. Prepare yeah, we prepare. We had spaghetti today. Mm-hmm. Um, we prepare meals. Um, in the past... Uh, we that's the one thing we do charge for and we can charge for mm-hmm. I'm not real good at doing that and I would never tell somebody they couldn't eat if they didn't have their two dollars for lunch mm-hmm. it's just to kind of offset the expense of the groceries so we are going to reinstate that the first of November and uh, sure. like I said if you don't have two dollars and you're hungry eat mm-hmm. because that's right. just me <laughs> Are most of the people that come, the members, are they employed in any way? Most of them are on disability, uh-huh. Social Security, and um, we do have a transitional work program. We haven't instituted it yet because 
Um, that takes a separate staff person to be available because what that program does is we find a job that will accept someone living with a mental illness and the staff member goes out and learns the job. Then she comes back and gets the member that's interested in the job, takes them back to the business and she trains them or he trains them themselves. Mm -hmm. So the member feels more comfortable with that because they already know them and it's not mm -hmm. a stranger. Mm -hmm. And the that's the win for the clubhouse. The win for the employer is if that member has a bad day or needs a mental health day or is sick or whatever, that staff member that learned that job is responsible for oh. covering his shift. So you guarantee the work. We guarantee the work, mm -hmm. be it the member or a staff member. So it's going to take a couple of staff members to run a transitional work program. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, so that's one of the things that one of the standards that we haven't met yet. Right. Past a transitional, we have a supported, which means we help you with the resume, we help you with the interview, and then past that, we just have just on your own employment, mm -hmm. but you still get all the all the perks of the clubhouse. Right. You're still a member, and you, you still get the support if you need it. It seems like besides the work that people are learning how to do, the camaraderie and the um, the ability to make friends. Right. In a safe environment where you're really not going to be judged, I hope not too much. No, you're not you know? judged. Everybody there has a mental illness, and everyone mm -hmm. knows it. We all have special triggers, everyone, mm -hmm. whether you have a mental illness or not, you have a trigger. Um, and there's no stigma there. There's no, oh, shut up, you're crazy. You know, there's none of that because mm -hmm. they all understand how that feels when someone says that to them. Yeah. Is that one of the things you're working on is to help help all of us in society um, get over that, you know, that stigma yes. that mental health may have? Yes. If you have breast cancer, you don't have a stigma. People don't make fun of you because you have breast cancer. They, they hug you. They support you. Mm -hmm. You know, mental illness is just that. It's an illness. They didn't ask for it. Mm -hmm. They didn't ask to be that way. It's an illness that... Most likely shows up in late teens, early 30s. In that right. age range, you know, right. that's when something happens and they just lose it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's sad. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I just know um, we had spoken privately. My mother had, she's deceased now. She's been gone over two decades. But she suffered from pretty serious mental illness. And she didn't have any friends. That's right. She um, sometimes was functional and was extremely smart. But when she would go into depression or a high, you know, it was mm -hmm. all out of control for maybe six right. months. And she never really, I don't know if she had the ability to maintain friends, but there was no place like Focus Clubhouse no. for her to go to. And that's and the really tough. sad part about it, yeah. you know, is get your head out of the sand. I mean, I'm working with um, Senator Boudreaux. Oh, yeah. who sits on the finance committee. Mm -hmm. He put in last year during the budget a proposal for $100,000. And because nobody on the finance committee knows me, like Senator Boudreaux does and knows Focus Clubhouse, it they kicked it out, along with about 20 other proposals that were, mm -hmm. you know, amendments that were put in. But so I wasn't totally the only one. <laughs> but, you know, still, I mean, and he's promised to 
to continue to work with me. I'm, I'm about to start back in my legislative session. Good. <laughs> He's great. I, uh, yeah. I spend a lot of time at the Capitol during the legislative mm-hmm. session just because um, I've worked with um, Roy Adams, who is out of the Feliciana's district, and he serves on the House Ways and Means Committee, or the Health and Welfare Committee, I mean. And then Senator Mills was actually our first keynote speaker at our annual um, fundraiser that we do called Let's Make Waves. He's wonderful. He is wonderful. He's my current guest this week, Senator Fred Mills. He does so much for people's health, like really Yes, he really does. And I mean, everybody that you talk to thinks this is a wonderful program, but, Mm -hmm. you know... How do you fund it? How do you fund it? You Mm -hmm. know, when I first started learning about the program, they told us it was about $40 a day to support a member for every member every day. And I think that price has probably gone up to at least 50, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, you know, with inflation. And even before the big inflation, we still Mm -hmm. had inflation. Does that include your rent? I'm not sure if uh-huh. that, you know, what they got, that where they came up with uh-huh. their formula or how they got to it, I'm not sure that right. wasn't explained, but that's what they said. Uh-huh. Um, it is difficult to do that. Now, we do have a contract with Acadiana Area Human Services District. I currently issued a letter to their contracts person asking them to raise the number of members they pay for. They currently are doing three members, up to three members, and they pay $25 a day, provided that they stay three hours. So you have a lot of accounting to do, huh? To yeah. Keep that. Well, I mean, they, we you do a sign in. Yeah, yeah, we do a sign in sheet, mm-hmm. and then I bill according to how many days we had three, how many days we had two, how many days we just had one or none. And that has happened before. I've sat there all day by myself. But, you know, again, it's all voluntary. So, but that's when it was just very few of us. Those Mm days are kind of gone now. Somebody shows up. So. Is that your main source of uh, consistent revenue consistent yes ma'am 75 dollars a day yeah. at the most at the most yes mm-hmm. ma'am so i'm asking them to raise it to six yeah. and so far i haven't heard back or maybe raise the dollar rate too <laughs> yeah or you could raise the dollar rate and right. raise the member number right. you know whatever right. works for you i'll take right. but otherwise we do everything on fundraisers we have our annual Let's Make Waves that we always have in May, which is Mental Health Month. Mm-hmm. And we're doing our first annual Veterans Day celebration, which is a fundraiser for Focus Clubhouse as well. Uh, we'll have a full ceremony, and meaning, and we'll uh, place a wreath at a simulated, we're going to hang it on a mm-hmm. uh, where you do a picture to display, like in an art in a art gallery, and um, then we'll have the good dudes play afterwards. So it'll be a party. We'll have arts and crafts and T-shirts for sale, and food trucks out in the parking lot. That's going to be at the VFW Hall in Tucson. So people can look at FocusClubhouse.org to yes, find out more about sure your fundraisers. Can. Do you have many vets that are um, that are suffering I, from? I, 
Well, disorder. there are many vets out there. I don't have them in my clubhouse. Mm-hmm. That's the object of trying. I've been trying to figure out how do I get to the veterans? How do I let them know? Yeah. So I used to work for a consul general on the island of Curacao. And we had a Navy ship in one year and on Veterans Day, and we got the Navy to come out. We laid a wreath at this big old rock we had in front of the consulate, and we had a celebration. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, Veterans Day. Yeah. Do it on Veterans Day. Yeah. Invite them out. Make yeah. it a party for $10. You can't go anywhere for $10. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's what we're doing. And we'll do that again every year. Well, I'll put that on the website. We'll include the show notes so people can see it. I want to take a deep dive into your son and what led you and he to start uh, Focus Clubhouse. Before we do that, we always pause and reflect back on an interview. And this is one, I wanted to pull up an interview I did with Danielle Watkins of Dreams Foundation. She has a son with special needs and mm-hmm. has spina bifida. And her real passion is helping people have a safe place to get together, especially as they age out of their, you know, being a child from 18 and up, it really can be hard to have peers that you can hang with. Right. You know, there's a lot for kids, but not so much for young adults and on. And so in this clip, Danielle, she talks about she and her husband, they founded Dreams in 2008 so that Logan could participate in activities and sports with other kids. And she says, um, we were sitting at a baseball game one day and her son, Logan, looked over it her and her husband had said, when am I going to get to play? And it really woke her up to see that what was going to happen with Mm -hmm. his life. And so um, it's a beautiful moment. This moment is brought to us by FACET, a career coaching and talent management firm. FACET has helped the employees of hundreds of companies improve performance, find or move into their right position, or change careers. FACET can help your organization improve both the analytical and interpersonal sides of your business. Worry less, FACET more. For more information, visit facetgroup.com. And now the moment. Logan was born with spina bifida, but that didn't hold him back from wanting to do things. So what what was the impetus to start Dreams? What happened? So uh, with having a child with special needs, you, you tend to accept things. You accept he may not walk. You accept that he may not do things as other people do. And you accept this and you accept that. He won't play football. So as you're accepting, you're moving along and it's a new way of life. Well, who doesn't accept? Little Logan. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting at a baseball game one day that Monique is playing, his sister, and Basically, he says, looks over to us and says, when am I going to play? And it stopped us in our tracks. And we were like, I don't know, bud. We're going to have to look into that. Well, at that time, there was nothing in Lafayette. The Internet was rather a new uh, thing Mm -hmm. to look into. But we went through and we uh, found something that they had up north and realized with a few phone calls that we were able to bring here. So few months after we made that initial phone call, we had uh, played at Lafayette Little League. It was like the World Series. We had 50 kids out there, mm-hmm. you know, hitting the ball, running on the bases. And 
uh, spoiler alert, at that time, Logan really didn't want to play baseball. He wanted to see the girls to see him run around the bases. So, <laughs> or roll around the bases. He's but always liked the women. He I does. I remember that, even when he was little. To this day, it has not yeah. changed. <laughs> uh, so, uh, he really didn't want to, quote, play baseball. He wanted, first of all, he wanted to be like every other kid. Right. But he realized that everybody was watching him when he was going around. So, we get in the car right after the first game, and I'm not kidding you. He says, when does Welcome back to Discover Lafayette. We're here with Clarice Gallegos of Focus Clubhouse here in Lafayette. And before we move on, I want to say if you haven't, please consider subscribing to Discover Lafayette. And at a minimum, please go to our website, discoverlafayette.net, where you can find this interview and many, many others, over 285 others. So Clarice, your son has a mental illness and it's your story to share your yours and his right but focus clubhouse wouldn't be here in our community if it wasn't for your son absolutely because i i could if you'd have told me i'd been doing this Mm -hmm. 10 years ago i'd have laughed at you um he and i got to the point in our relationship that i put him on his own sink or swim i Waited every day, it seems like I would think, oh, I wonder if I'm going to get that phone call today that something's happened to him. And he was living in Charleston, South Carolina, and he went to a shelter. They let him stay three days. They kicked him out. He bought a tent. He lived in the woods. He was freezing to death up there. And he went back to the shelter and said, look, I have mental illness, guys. I can't do this. And they said, okay, you can stay, um, but you still have to find a job. And, you know, he's like, I don't have a job and I don't have any real skills. I mean, he's worked in his life, but so they, they, uh, he threatened suicide. He said, I'm going to go outside and I'm going to chew up 36 Seroquel and I'm going to swallow them and wait to die. Well, they were kind enough to call an ambulance and because they counted his medicine and they found that he did, in fact, do that. So they sent him to the hospital while he was hospitalized. Um, they came in and said, we don't have anything we can do with you. We don't know what to do with you, but we'll buy you a bus ticket to anywhere in the world you want to go, anywhere in the continental mm-hmm. United States. Mm-hmm. And Brian's logic said, well, the Saints are playing in the Super Bowl in Miami. I'm going to go watch the Saints play in the Super Bowl. How old was he then? He was probably 34. You know, he was in his late 30s, let's put it this way. He's 48 now, Mm -hmm. and it's been several years ago. So he went to Miami. He got there. He went to a payphone. Dialed 911, threatened suicide again because he knew this time it was for help. You know, he knew Uh somebody would come if he threatened suicide. You'd be surprised how they learn all this stuff. And um, so they came and they put him in a behavioral health program. And that's how he found the clubhouse model. Was he always on uh, disability? Did he qualify, or was he stable enough to apply to get Social Security? No, he actually applied in Miami. It Mm -hmm. took him four years, and a psychiatrist out of North Carolina to get on, talk to the judge and say, this Mm -hmm. man does have a mental illness and is not capable of working. He Mm -hmm. has anger issues as well, and, you know, he's just not capable of holding down an 
eight to five daytime job or a nighttime. So he stayed at Key Clubhouse for five years. And even though I wasn't there with him physically, just by his phone calls, I could tell he was getting better. He was less argumentative. He would call me and say, hey, mom, uh, I need a recipe for this, you know, that I used Uh to make for Uh him and he wanted to make for the clubhouse. So I'd send it to him. And uh, when he got ready to move back home, he went to them and they looked on Clubhouse International's website and there was none in Louisiana, in Louisiana period. Right. Uh-huh. And he said, well, my idea, Mom, is just, I'll just start one. <laughs> and I said, sure you oh, will. <laughs> there we go. Huh? Here we go. So because I've heard the wind blow before, so to speak, of all these big ideas that we were going to do, I said, okay, no problem. You find out who I need to talk to to do it and do it right, and I'll jump in and help. It took him several months Mm -hmm. to figure it out. He was living with you. He was staying with me. He's Mm -hmm. now living on his own. He's buying a home. It's not the Taj Mahal, but it's going to be his sooner or later. And he's being ripped off because it's a rent-to-own type situation, you know, but... I would help him refinance it if he would just clean it up and fix it up mm-hmm. a little bit. But, but it shows stability. It on shows his part. stability on his part. Yeah. He's perfectly happy uh-huh. living in it Good. like it is, and I don't have to live in it. So, you know, knock yourself out. So he so moved back. What he in, moved um, back in 2016, I believe. Okay, so and it took it, y'all about it took three us, years. Yeah, we we incorporated in July of 18. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> We went to how to start a clubhouse training in Greenville, South Carolina at Gateway House. And I came back and I started trying to talk to people and we planned our first fundraiser, Let's Make Waves. I had a small board um, at the time. And in fact, two other ladies went with me, Rachel Foreman and... um, She's a social worker? She is a social worker. Uh And then there was, I never can remember her name. She works for the diocese. Um, Anyway. It'll come to you. Yeah, it'll come to me. (laughs) Um, They went with me, and not long after we did Let's Make Waves, they both resigned from the board saying it was just too much. They didn't have time because it's a lot. Yeah. You know, it's a lot. I'm on the board. I'm the, I I did it by myself for the first three years. You might as well say Mm -hmm. I ran it. I recruited, I fundraised, I did everything. Did you fundraise enough or did you have to pay for a lot of this yourself? Uh, We fundraised pretty much everything. What, what happened out of that first fundraiser, it was probably our most successful fundraiser. Um, Everybody kept thinking it was a wonderful idea. Where are you located was their next question. And so I found this small little place on General Mouton, Mm -hmm. and the rent was cheap. The building was small, but at the time, I didn't know what I was going to get, you know, so I rented it. Mm -hmm. And then I had a brick and mortar. Right, you know, it gives to, you credibility. Exactly, huh? you know. I mean, I'd, I'd have felt I, I nicknamed it "Pie in the Sky." I'm asking you to donate to a pie in the sky, which is real if you don't have something established. Mm-hmm. So we we kept going. We did um, the garage sale at Pinhook with the buy. I mean, from the Pinhook Foundation put on at oh, the Bayou. We yeah. were there. The Hamners. 
Yeah, and um, I'm reaching out to her um, for funding as well from the Pinhook Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, I just did an interview with uh, Christian Mater from The Current, mm-hmm. and Ruth Foote is the one that publicized us the first time. I read her and article. It was very well yeah, done. Yeah, it was yeah. very well done. And both of those members that she interviewed, my son and Don Koch, are still with us today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a rocky road for Don, but she's still hanging in there and she's still with us. Um, it uh, Brian's really been kind of stable. He took a while that he wasn't coming to the clubhouse. And, you know, we really had a hard time distinguishing mother and son. Uh-huh. And member and director. Yeah. And finally, I just said, this is it. We are member and director when we're there. If we have personal issues and we need Mm -hmm. to fight, we'll take it to your house and we'll have our argument (laughs) and we'll come back. You know, that must be hard for you, though, because he's the one that wanted to start it. It it was. I resented it. I really Mm -hmm. did. And that was my issue to deal with the resentment. You know, I know what resentment can do to you. And it was like, okay, Clarice, you have to get over this. He is a member. He's the reason I started it. But I'm going to tell you. It's much more than him now. Is it? it? It means so much more to me than Brian. I mean, he's the founding member, and mm-hmm. that's his title. Mm-hmm. But it to me, it's it's my purpose. Well, tell me what you've seen. What's what's driven that into your heart? Like you, we've talked about your son Brian, and I know you've kind of glossed over probably some of your life. Uh, you know what's happened with you and him, but. What have you seen from people that come in? Like, what what are the direct benefits that you've seen? I've seen, I've seen people open up. I have a member there right now that when he first started coming, he wouldn't talk to anybody. He just came and sat, and we talked to him and encouraged him, just like I said. And now he empties the trash and he sweeps the floor and he comes and asks, you know, what we need him to do, uh-huh. if there's anything. And he's opening up to Marissa, my staff, general staff person, and myself. And, you know, we really, he's grown a lot. And that's rewarding just to know that you've helped someone get out of isolation. Mm-hmm. That is the worst thing for someone with mental illness is isolation. Because otherwise he might just be sitting all day at home. That's right. Or I don't know what he'd be doing. Yeah, sitting all right. day at his house and doing nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, he sometimes even walks to the clubhouse. I was curious how people get there. I don't know if a lot of them have driver's licenses or do they Uber? Some. um, We set up an Uber for Health Mm -hmm. account and we Uber them. It's getting so expensive now that I'm about to look at my Uber bill versus a van bill (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then get a member that has a license to drive around and pick everybody up. Mm -hmm. I'm not there yet, but we do Uber. Insurance might be rough, yeah. Yeah. Insurance might be rough, but Uh we do Uber Uh um, within reason. I have a new member that lives out in Brobridge and I just, yeah, Yeah. you know, she uses the health transportation Mm -hmm. and they, they, they'll, they'll count you as a yeah, health star. Yeah, I was really surprised. I didn't think that that would work, or I'd have tried that long time ago. But like that white van that goes around yeah, and drops off people. Right. Yeah, yeah they cool. they count us as mm-hmm. she gets us, they get her there. So 
I'm like, thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for all the way from Bro Ridge, that would break my bank mm-hmm. for sure. What are your hours of operation? Right now we're open from 10 to 3. Okay. And, and that's good. People, and it's not as busy on the roads. and Right, yeah. right. And, you know, now we when we move, um, we'll be in a much more prime location. We're going to be right on Johnston Street. Where are you going to be? What's the address? 1609 Johnston Street. And what's that near? It's near, it's right before you get to the Burger King and McDonald's there on Johnson Street by the university. Oh, yeah, right down the road. Yeah, oh, right down the nice. road. Oh. Um, so good bus stop, too. Like Good bus other, stop, uh-huh. good transportation. I think things run more current on Johnston Street probably than they do oh, Pin Hook. That's nice. Um, it's a three-bedroom, two-bath house with a full kitchen. Uh, right now we're cooking out of crock pots and... Mm -hmm. electric skillets and hot plates not even sure we're supposed to be cooking in there we're not going to tell anybody (laughs) yeah you know i'd rather ask for forgiveness than permission Mm -hmm. and um i've been there three years and nobody said anything to me yet um but we are i'd been looking at this house for a long time it would come for rent but it was always when i just renewed my lease or you know it was never perfect timing Mm -hmm. This time it came for rent. My lease is up the end of November. I said, oh, no, I'm stopping. I just got to see the inside of this place first. And it's big enough. It's more room than what we have. It's not my mansion yet. Mm -hmm. But um, I have applied for adjudicated property. And that will be located at Taft and Vermilion. Um, We'll have that corner lot and then two lots adjoining. And that... I will build my mansion on. Did you have a business background? You mentioned working for the Consul General, but you're military? Uh, no, I'm not. You're not. You worked as a civilian. <laughs> I worked um, okay. as a civilian. Uh-huh. I was actually, uh, my career is basically construction. Oh. I worked in the refineries and chemical plants. As I started as a timekeeper and just worked my way up into our local offices, and then I was a recruiter, and then I became accounts payable, accounts receivable, and all that. I went overseas with Turner Corporation, and I ran their office over there for three years. Out of Baton Rouge? The, um, uh-huh, uh-huh, out of Baton Turner Rouge. Industries, yeah. And um, huh. when they lost their contract mainly because they didn't listen to me. Uh, <laughs> Don't get me in trouble with this podcast. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, they, uh, there was a notice in the um, w- um, women's club, the American Women's Club over there, mm-hmm. that said the consul general was looking for an assistant. I said, I can't do that. I know nothing about the State Department. But I applied. I sent him my resume, and he hired me. Well, you learned. And I learned. Uh-huh. I stayed with them for about three and a half years. And crime got really bad, and I figured somebody was trying to tell me it was time to come yeah. home. Yeah. So I came home. So you and your son both ended up coming home. He didn't live with me over there. He was stateside. But I mean, eventually, oh, got yes, back, we ended up. Oh back. yeah, we eventually wound up coming back to Louisiana, yeah. which I consider home. It's, it's not where I'm from, but uh-huh. that's what I'm calling home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. When I looked on your website, it looked like there were multiple ways that people can assist you. If somebody's listening, again, it's focusclubhouse.org. But there are things people can do to sponsor, like, 
$2 meal, right. the Uber ride, um, they can do $50 a month or a day, whatever, just right, to cover right. costs. Absolutely. So when people go to the website, not only can they see the events, your fundraisers and all, but they can see concrete ways like to click to, yes. to help you. Yes, and they're much-needed donations. Mm -hmm. They really are. We want to continue to grow. We want to be accredited. That takes money for the training, for the accreditation, mm -hmm. and, you know, hiring an executive director. I was When I started this, I never intended to be the director. <laughs> I intended to be on the board and run mm -hmm. it, and one of the girls that started it with me had all these friends that were going to give us all this money that never happened, and so we wound up doing it the hard way, mm -hmm. but I think it means more when you do it that way. I've learned lessons that way all mm -hmm. my life, and those are the ones I never forgot. You know, so. for me, it's, it's heartbreaking. There's so many real needs, and like you said, people want to help. They say they're going to help, but at the end of the day, it's the people that start an organization like yours that have to commit to it day in and day out. Right. Because people are so busy and there are limited funds That's that right. they can give that any one person can probably give. But you have really put your heart on the line here. Oh, I have. I'm currently taking a grant writing course from LSU. Um, we actually won Dudley and DeBosier's Nonprofit of the Month once. And what did they award? A thousand dollars. That's a lot. Yeah. Wow. And they do a leadership training class twice a year. Mm -hmm. One's in July and one's in January. And they offered to pay for this course if someone was willing to report back on the course and do a presentation in January. And I said, well, I'll do it because mm -hmm. I need to learn. I mean, mm -hmm. I've attempted at grants. I've not gotten any. I've been turned down from all of them. Um, I'm not sure whether I didn't have the stats in there right or just what was wrong with my presentation or my program that I was asking for money for. I'm not sure, but I'm going to learn mm -hmm. and I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Eventually yeah. I will get awarded a grant. Yeah. Maybe United Way, you know, all those groups seem to have mm -hmm. some sort of grant writers. It is in the way you answer the questions, huh? Yep. But you have to know how to answer them. Yep. There's yeah. a there's a trick to it. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, I'm not yeah. I'm not a 501c3 with a podcast, but I'm right. assuming we didn't say that. This must yes, be a 501c3. Yes, we are a 501c3. We have our ENI number, mm -hmm. and uh, so anybody that gives, it's a total it's tax, a tax deduction. deductible gift. Uh -huh. Yeah. Is there anything you wanted to talk about that you thought I would ask? Any any just anything? you know the thing of it is is you can't. Please don't wait until it hits so close to home that you realize you needed this organization. Mm -hmm. You know, there are thousands of families out there that are dealing with this. Mm -hmm. And as you shop and as you, we, my husband and I were sitting at the cafe downtown on Jefferson. I'm thinking the name is Myers, where you can sit outside and uh, some guy come walking along just singing and talking to himself and we were early into Focus Clubhouse, so mm -hmm. my husband's not ever been really associated with anything like that. I said, schizophrenia, you yeah. know. Um, I mean, it's amazing what I've learned yeah. about the... Because even when my own son was diagnosed, I, he was in Miami. I was here. I was like, oh, he's got meds. Somebody's taking care of him. You know, yeah. I don't need to know about this stuff. 
yeah. much. <laughs> so yeah. I've learned a lot. Yeah. I interviewed a, an author recently. She's not from here. She's like a national author. And I was privileged to um, learn her story. And she had a daughter, an adopted daughter, that mm-hmm. was diagnosed with similar to your son, bipolar, mm-hmm. schizophrenic. And she said, she and she's trained in psychology. Oh wow! At a university, but she's but until it hit her family, she didn't know how to deal with it, and she still is learning. But what she said, Clarice, was the earlier people can get help yes. in their diagnosis, the better. Yes. Because if you let it go on, it, it's it's there's it's never a great outcome, but you need to get help as soon right. as you can. Right. But she said she had trouble finding out the right people to bring her daughter to. Like, it's it's really difficult. It's difficult. And, you know, the great thing is about Louisiana, they increased the Medicaid. The sad part is they didn't increase the number of doctors. They didn't give mm. doctors anything to incentivize right. them to right. take Medicaid patients. She said that, that there are very few psychiatrists. There are They're retiring, few. and then younger people aren't moving into that field. Right. And, you know, the, 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 the mental health in a whole is broken. Our system, and it's not just Louisiana, it's mm-hmm. the country. Mm-hmm. Um, it's broken. And until we fix it, we, I mean, even after we fix it, Clubhouse International and all the clubhouses throughout the United States and in those 30 different countries, when I was at the seminar, I watched members get up and speak in front of a group of 600 or more people, and they told stories that when they started at the clubhouse, they couldn't hardly get out of bed. Oh, my gosh, and they addressed an audience? And they worked long enough that they were actually holding a full-time job and not as a dishwasher or, you know, something that took some concentration and were able to stand and speak. Mm-hmm. In front of 600 people. That's hard for anybody to do. Absolutely. To Absolutely. have that confidence, but maybe it, the clubhouse gave them that love that exactly. they wanted to share it. Exactly. Uh-huh. That's what you get from coming to a clubhouse mm-hmm. love, purpose, understanding, um, pushing you to believe in yourself, to know that you can, you know, mm-hmm. all things are possible. Yeah, they really are. The Christ Jesus. I know. <laughs> and we say grace yeah. every day at the mm-hmm. clubhouse because we're grateful yeah. to the one who's allowed us to be sustained. And I know it's him. That's beautiful. Thank you for saying that. Clarice Gallegos, director of Focus Clubhouse of Lafayette. I just want to thank you for sharing your story and that of your son, Brian. And if there's anything else, we'll put him in the show notes. But um I just appreciate you opening up and sharing your heart and, and what you're doing to help others that need a safe place to go. You're so very welcome. And again, the thanks goes to you for allowing this and you having this platform and, and inviting us. Thank you. I want to thank our listeners for supporting our podcast and allowing us you know, to share Clarice's story. Um, thank you so much for tuning into this. And I also want to thank our sponsors who make our show possible. Home Bank. Lafayette Surgical Specialty Hospital, Facet Group, and of course, Raider, and in particular, Jason Sikora, who mixes our tape and makes it sound so much better than I could. Thank you for listening. On behalf of Discover Lafayette, this is Jan Swift. Jan Swift.